Welcome to episode 559 of the Entertainment 2.0 podcast brought to you by the digitalmediazone.com. I'm Josh Pollard. And I'm Richard Gunther. And this is the show that puts you in control of your favorite movies, music, shows, and games. Josh, we did it again. I missed an episode. We both missed an episode. It's been so long. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. It's now after the 4th of July. We had the the extra day off there. At least I assume you took the extra day off. Absolutely. And I'm so excited because with this big, huge gap, we have all this new... Oh, no, we don't really have all this news. There's not a no. lot of news this time of year. No, there no, there usually isn't that much news. We do have a little bit of of stuff that Richard is super excited to talk about. New console from Nintendo. Totally. Like uh new gaming monitor. It's OLED, so that's kind of cool, right? Oh, cool. spoilers. Gosh, man. You got to <laughs> You got to just tease a little. We Sorry. want them to listen to the rest of the episode. Sorry. Gosh. It's like you're a rookie at this. Uh <laughs> Anyway, we should move on with the show. There isn't that much to talk about tonight, but with a couple of weeks, maybe that means a longer what's going on in our entertainment center section, which I think that might be the case. So uh, one thing that does typically extend out the show a little bit is talking about listener feedback, but we don't have any of that this week either. So if you want to send us some feedback to read on a future episode, our email address is entertainment two zero at the digital media zone dot com. All right, Richard, let's dig into some video news. I think this is kind of exciting. YouTube TV, a really expensive online live TV streaming service, mm-hmm. rolling out a premium add-on pack to make it even more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw the word premium and I'm like, okay, it's going to cost even more now. Yeah, a whole lot more. So let, let's talk about what you get first before we talk about the price. So this premium add-on includes 4K streaming, downloading of DVR shows for offline playback, and unlimited simultaneous streams in your home. Sounds pretty great. The it- price does not so great right it's gonna add 19.99 a month to your bill after the first year and after the first month so you'll get a month for free and then after that the first year is going to be 9.99 a month and then after that it goes up to 19.99 a month 20 bucks a month seems like a lot for this and i i think the 10 dollars a month makes a little bit more sense because Obviously, the biggest part that the people I think are going to get the most excited about here is the 4K streaming, except that there's not that much 4K content out there for you to watch. This is TV we're talking about. These aren't movies. So there is one really good thing coming up that I think most people are going to be interested in. The Olympics will be in 4K on YouTube TV. Oh, if only... I don't know, maybe the network associated with Peacock had figured out how to do that. Yeah, not so much. So there you go. Like, there aren't very many options for watching the Olympics in 4K. This is one. And you can sign up for this now? Like, you can get this today with the first free month and for free 
enjoy 4K Olympics? Is that what you're saying, Josh? That is what I'm saying, Richard. That's pretty cool. It is. Now, if you don't want to pay anything extra, if you're if you're just going to pay the $64.99 a month that YouTube TV cost, you are getting something else for free. And that is Dolby 5.1 coming to everybody. I was surprised this wasn't already yeah, there. Yeah, seriously. Come on. Really? That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. But I don't know. Like, reading this made me wonder, like, do the other guys have 5.1? Like, yeah. a- am I just getting this confused? Because no, no, no. No. everything like Netflix and Disney Plus and Amazon Prime, they all have 5.1. But does Hulu with live TV well, have 5.1? Well, I would not count Hulu among those that you're <laughs> considering here because Hulu barely got 5.1 for on-demand content until like just a year or two ago. Okay, so does Sling have 5.1? I think they do. Does Fubo I have 5.1? Yes, I don't know. I don't know. You don't, I don't know. know. Because but, we just assume, because everyone should have it, right? Right, because you can get it over the air. <laughs> right. Right? Exactly. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Wow. Yeah. Uh, mm, wow. Well, that's good. That's very good. Can we go back to this premium add-on thing. Okay, so for 20 bucks a month after the first year, $20, you're getting 4K streaming. That's good. Okay, that's fine for those channels that support it. Which is basically just going to be sports. Like the only content they've announced so far has been sports. What about on-demand content? If you get the channels that YouTube TV offers, do you also get like on-demand access to content the way the other services allow? And is there a possibility that some of that is in 4K, even though it wasn't live in 4K? I think that that would be pretty likely, maybe not initially, but I would say pretty likely. But I bet that they would have to renegotiate contracts with the content providers to do that. Possibly, possibly. And then downloading for offline playback, do you mean... I'm going to back up for this. That wasn't available yet? I don't think any service has this. According, uh, if I if I remember reading this correctly, uh, our story here in the show notes will be at thestreamable.com. I'm pretty sure that they said this is the first service to offer off, you know, offline downloadable playback for DVR content. So if you record something on an online streaming channel TV service and you want to watch it, you have to be online to watch it. That is just ludicrous. Yeah. Does nobody travel on planes? I mean, I I swear to God, none of these people travel on planes. Well, they haven't in the last year. (laughs) Um, Okay, sure. But I mean, come on. This is just ridiculous. I know these couple of things make it make it feel like it's 2011 in in the streaming services. Wow. Wow. And unlimited simultaneous streams. That's that's good. I mean, I know you pay a premium for that. That's fine. Do you know what the limit was before? I don't remember. Mm, I think it was I think it was generous. I think it was like five. Okay. Well that's yeah. pretty good. All yeah. right. So bottom line here, now you can pay more for your YouTube TV streaming service. Yeah, now you can pay eighty five dollars a month for your YouTube TV. <laughs> Unbelievable. 
Yeah. Cord cutting uh, is no longer the cheaper alternative to cable. Well, yeah, I, <clears throat> yeah, I will continue to argue with Jared Newman about that one. It has not been for a long time. Right. So it's anyway, right. <laughs> now speaking of streaming services, we have talked ad nauseum about how Peacock and HBO kind of went up against the big guys. And for a while, neither of them was available on Amazon's streaming service or on Roku. And eventually all of that settled itself out, except the Peacock hasn't been available yet on Fire TV or on Fire tablets until now. Finally, they kissed and made up, meaning they came to some amicable or mutually unsatisfactory agreement that allows everybody to get access to Peacock through Fire TV. And this is just in time for the Olympics. So that's good if you want to watch the Olympics not in 4K. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, no, I mean, in all seriousness, this is good. And just as a quick reminder, you know, this costs the various tiered services that they have, which is free if you want the stuff that doesn't require a subscription about $5 if you pay for the premium service and about $10 if you pay for the premium service plus no ads, or I should say minus ads. No, do no double negative there. Yeah, that was a little weird. <laughs> plus no ads. So is Peacock everywhere now? Was was Amazon Fire the last holdout? Is it on well, Roku? Yeah, it, it is everywhere, probably with the exception of some streaming devices like oh i bet it's not on our tivo oh it's for sure not on tivo yeah but it is on tivo stream so that's oh, good yeah, definitely since that's google tv yeah or android tv whatever yeah <laughs> it's hard to keep them track <laughs> it is it is and i own multiples of these types of devices so yeah yeah all right, well, let's jump into a little bit of gaming news, the one that Richard kind of spoiled. Gosh. Wait, what, already? Yeah, already. We're we're not even 15 minutes in. We're already at the gaming news. <sighs> yep. No audio news, just straight to the gaming news. This is kind of a big deal. So for months, months, people have been uh, predicting a rumored Switch Pro would be announced, that it would offer... 4K video playback or gaming playback to kind of match with the well, let's be honest, it still wouldn't have, have matched the like PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, but at least maybe Xbox One X maybe levels of of gaming performance there. It's not what we got. We did get a new switch, but a, a newer, beefier, higher performing switch we did not get. Instead, we got one with a bigger and better display on it. The previous one was a 6.2-inch LCD screen. Now, it's a 7-inch OLED screen, but it remains at a, a resolution of only 720p. They've updated the storage, uh, doubled from 32 to 64 gigs of storage. They've added an Ethernet port on the dock. They've vastly improved the kickstand on the back of the thing so that the kickstand 
frankly reminds me a lot of the Surface Pro laptops. The kickstand is the full width of the of the switch and it is fully adjustable. Like it doesn't you know you can adjust it to any angle, basically. Importantly, very importantly, and something that not all console manufacturers do, all of the accessories that you have for your current switch are forward compatible with the new one. So if you've bought a bunch of Joy-Cons and other things like that, it will work with the new Switch. You're not getting a faster box. Like they they basically said it, it's not a new chip. It's not new or more RAM. It is basically just a better display, smaller bezels, some new color options. It's got a black and white option that you can get. That's it. No 4K, nothing else. For all of that, it is going to cost you more. The Switch is normally retails for $299. This one is going to be $350. So for an extra $50, bucks, you get a beautiful, I assume, because I've never seen a bad OLED screen, a beautiful OLED screen, and more storage. It sounds like they're going to keep selling the old one, but I don't know for sure. If If you do want this... You can attempt to get it on October 8th, but good luck trying to get one, right? <laughs> I mean, these are going to be in short supply. It, it's going to be hard to find them. It's a Nintendo device. Like the Switch has been hard to get since the pandemic started. So right. this isn't going to be easy. My my best advice, try and pre-order. Like that's when you should put your effort in is during the pre-order window. Because if you can secure a pre-order, you're good. If you can't, you're going to be waiting for months. So that's that's when you should try and get one. Hmm. I also wouldn't really recommend this if you've already got a Switch that you primarily play docked to a TV. Because oh right, what's it, the point? If it's docked, it's going to be no different at all. Other yeah, than you don't care about the, the kickstand too much, right? Maybe you care about the Ethernet, but maybe. I mean. But Really? <laughs> yeah. This is such an incremental update for adding to the cost. This is the kind of thing that I would expect somebody like, you know, Apple to come in with at, oh, we've upgraded the screen and the kickstand and the storage, and it's the same price as before. But they're charging an an extra, like, 16% over what you're already paying for this thing, which just kind of kills me. And by the way, 720p, I mean, I'm excited about OLED. I don't have one of these things. I'm never going to have one of these things. But I think it's great that they're adding OLED. But my phone can display a 1080p image. My phone and this 7-inch screen cannot. Your phone has a more powerful processor in it. Fair. A much more powerful processor. I, I'm pretty sure that the Switch is is powered by the same processor that was in the NVIDIA Shield five years ago. I thought you were going to say squirrels. <laughs> no, not quite that bad. So it, it's an old processor. It's not that fast. Like, would a higher resolution screen look better? Yes, but it's not a powerful enough machine to render the games at a higher resolution. Right. Especially port when when you're playing it in the handheld mode, when you dock it, you can play at 1080p. But when it's in handheld mode, it renders games at 720p, uh, basically for battery life. Yeah, 
And there may well be reasons associated with the development environment that preclude them from just automatically going to a 1080p display, right? They may need to bring the developers in to upscale the content rather than upscaling it on the fly. Right. Yep. That would be an option for sure. All right. Well, the other there there was other big news. Like some of you might be wondering, like, how how is this your your featured news this week? There was a brand new version of Windows announced in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and I remember yeah. our podcast eight years ago. We were excited about Windows releases. Yeah. We got super excited about Windows 7. Well, Windows 7 still had Windows Media Center in it. We got excited about 8. We got kind of excited. Oh, yeah. We we got excited in different directions about yes. Windows 8. Yes, we did. We got kind of excited about 8.1. We got pretty excited, I guess, about Windows 10. But there's nothing. Well, there's almost nothing for us to really discuss in this show about Windows 11. Like, it looks pretty, and, and I'm excited to check it out at some point but there's no media center and stuff like that the only thing in there that the people who are listening to this show uh would would really care about is that there are some gaming enhancements coming to it which is why we're talking about it in this segment and these are features that you've heard about before on the xbox so auto hdr a feature that's on the xbox Series S and X consoles. Uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. The ability to automatically enable HDR visuals inside of games. That's going to be available on HDR capable Windows PCs. You know, you need some fairly specific hardware to be able to do that on a PC, but if you have it all, it will be enabled for certain Xbox games. The other one, and I think this is a bigger deal, direct storage. This is the functionality inside of the new Xboxes that enables the insanely fast load times. And this will also require some specific hardware. It will require at least a one terabyte uh, NVMe SSD. And it pro like, I'm not going to go into the super specifics here. I think it does require certain specific configurations of that SSD drive. It's probably not all NVMe SSDs. Wow, that's a lot of letters to say in a row. But both of those features coming to Windows 11 for gamers whenever you can get your hands on Windows 11, which sounds like maybe this fall, could be even sooner if you're one of those people who's willing to jump into these preview rings to try things out. Uh, But all of that is great news if you're a Windows PC gamer. So, Josh, you and I used to jump on this stuff. Have you downloaded a preview release of Windows 11? I have not. Um, one of the reasons is all of this hubbub about supported CPUs. Oh, yeah. Because the machine that I would download this to would be my original Surface Pro from 2013. Oh, yeah. that's There's no way. That, and there's, that's way too old. Yeah, there's just no way. That would not... No, that would not go well. Yeah, so but it would. I have not either. except for this stupid artificial limitation that they're putting in on this TPM two thing. I'm yeah, sure it would I, run just fine. Windows ten yeah. runs just fine on it. Yeah, there's a way around that, from what I understand. Probably now, but 
Yeah, I haven't either. I, I, I mm, yeah, I don't know. If my life wasn't insane, then maybe I'd get a virtual machine image of it running on this computer or something like that. But I've just had no time for that. All right. So I want to make a wager. I am going to, and you may bet with me, in which case this is a lost bet, but I am going to bet that in Windows 11, Windows Media Player still exists in its classic skinned format and has not been updated to whatever this new user experience is called. Hmm. I think you're probably right. (laughs) Yeah. Like, is there any reason for them to update it? Well, I don't know. I mean, isn't it the primary way that many people would still play like MP3s or Mm -mm. files like that? Or do people actually like launch, for example, the Groove app or whatever it's called now to play audio files on their PC. I think Groove Music is the default music player in Windows 10. So I would expect that to be true in Windows 11. That is just so weird. And that's probably going to have the rounded corners and stuff. Do you think? Do you think? Well, I think it gets it by default. Because it gets it. Yeah. Because it was a modern app. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (sighs) Yeah. So weird. So weird. Yeah. Okay, so another cool hardware thing for gamers. Microsoft announced a new designed for Xbox monitor program. So obviously your your display is one of the most important pieces of your gaming setup. And so Microsoft is working with some hardware manufacturers to specifically cali- not, not calibrate but but to to work with the standards to say you have to have these features for it to be a designed for Xbox monitor. And they're all the features you want. HDR, 4K at 120 frames per second, variable refresh rate, and of course all of this needs to use HDMI 2.1. There's there's still some wiggle room there in what they can and can't do. For example, um, the HDR, they don't specify what level of HDR goodness it has. When we're talking monitors there, uh, there's the the whole Visa HDR standard, like the, the rating system where it's just numbers. Uh, like you're going to hear me say HDR 400, HDR 1000, and that number is just the nits of brightness. So the higher the number, the better. Uh, it has to support 120 hertz, but it it can go higher. So they they announced three displays that are that are coming out uh soon ish uh no later than this fall so the first one is from philips i didn't even realize philips was still making displays philips is licensing their name to companies that make displays as far as i understand mm. not that that's a bad thing but no yeah you can still purchase a philips tv i i wonder Who's making this then? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, this is called a monitor, but it's 55 inches. This is a TV. <laughs> you know? Right. And right. and it has a sound bar like built into the frame and stuff. And it looks kind of cool. So 55 inches, it's got HDR 1000. So a thousand nits of brightness there, which is one of the highest that I've seen. 
And the price is not completely unreasonable. It's $1,600. Might be a good price. I don't know. Let's run through these other two first. Asus has a 43-inch monitor. It's part of their Asus Strix line of products. This has a one millisecond response time. It also has HDR 1000. It will go to 144 hertz if you're also going to plug this into a computer. And this display is $1,400. And then the last one that was announced, if all of those are way too big for you, Acer will have a 28-inch display, also one millisecond response time, only HDR 400 though. And this one's still $950. That last one to me seems way too expensive compared to the other ones. Yeah, for what it is. Yeah. For for four hundred fifty dollars more, which is like I get that that's a lot more. It's almost fifty percent more. Um, You get a forty three inch monitor instead of twenty eight. You get HDR one thousand instead of HDR four hundred. Sure, but what's the? I mean, we're not looking at resolutions here, right? No, they're all four K. What the res? Yeah, they're they're all four K. All of these are four K. What does that mean exactly? So you're saying they're all the same. This 43-inch monitor is a standard 16:9 aspect ratio, yep. not a not a wide gaming thing. No, that's just a a 43-inch 16 by nine. Interesting. Okay, that is a little bit surprising to me. Either way, that's a better deal. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if if you're gonna go to the extent of getting, you know. 4K at 120 hertz with with all of, with HDR, you should get more HDR than HDR 400. Like, yeah, you might not really notice much of a difference with HDR 400. HDR 1000, you're gonna notice because it's gonna right. hurt when you're looking at it, <laughs> and and that's what we're going for. Right? There are scenes <laughs> that I see every once in a while when I'm watching something. It's like, wow, that is so freaking bright. Right, especially when you consider how close you typically sit to a monitor. Yeah. Maybe not as close with a 43-inch monitor, but still. So I I guess my thought, though, when I saw these prices was, shouldn't I just get a TV? Like, there are TVs that cost about this amount of money. Well, is the only difference that this is a screen without a tuner in it? Is, is that what we're talking about? Because for a period of time, the I thought we were going to get to the point where we bought monitors and we put our cards in them <laughs> to get TV service, right? right. You mean like, like we, a card that you'd put into your TV that would give you cable for TV cable, service? right? Yeah. Huh. Well, and That's nowadays we still have these. TVs that have tuners in them. And I think that that was one of the things that the FCC actually required, if I remember correctly, because of the whole failed cable thing, but whatever. So I don't know. I I just, I feel like the only, the, this is like a minor difference. The difference is it's not a TV. So what? What's, who cares? Are you really using that tuner? Come on. I, I And actually my Vizio doesn't have a tuner. It, it's not a TV, technically. The box says, like, entertainment display or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. 
That's the new term for monitor. So I think the main differences here are pretty high HDR levels and being able to do 4K at 120 hertz. There aren't a lot of TVs that can do that. And there's only one brand who's doing Dolby Vision at 120 hertz right now. And that's just announced by LG starting to bring it to some of their TVs. So yeah. And the the one millisecond response times, you don't normally see that on a TV because TVs are typically doing a bunch of processing on the image and stuff like that. So I guess that's the main difference. But I don't know, like I kind of want this in a 65 inch display for my living room. (laughs) Yeah, well, there you go. And what's that going to cost? $2,500? More. It will be more for sure. Yeah. Hey, fun fact. My LG OLED doesn't support the Xbox's Dolby Vision. You mean the the oh, Dolby Vision gaming? Dolby Vision gaming yeah. available through right. Xbox. Cuz yours is a 2019, right? I think mine is a 2016. 2016? Well, no freaking kidding, dude. That's a 5-year-old TV. Ah. Oh, the horrors. <laughs> junk at this point you might as well throw it out <laughs> <sighs> maybe yeah. not okay last story uh just basically a, a quick announcement xbox cloud gaming the we used to call this project x cloud it is the functionality built into xbox game pass ultimate that allows you to stream games directly from the cloud it is now generally available to everybody on everything basically so as long as you are a game pass ultimate subscriber you can do cloud gaming on your android device on your ios device on your windows pc like it's all of those places now and coming to xbox itself soon so that that's available everywhere that's good news it's not in in beta anymore the other good news we had mentioned this a few weeks ago but now it's actually starting to happen. They are upgrading their data centers with custom Series X hardware. So you're going to be running those games on machines that have much faster load times, you know, and and those types of benefits. Plus, they're going to be able to stream those games at 1080p, 60 frames per second. So it's better performance all around. It's going to look good. You can run it on just about anything. It's still, and and while I know there's the tendency to be like, well, if I can do this, why do I even need a console? Maybe you don't, but you're still going to get a better experience on a console because there's going to be no lag. <laughs> you, know? you don't have to worry about your internet connection. So I, I still think this is great. And once this is available on the Xbox One, it's going to offer people who have not been able to upgrade to and Xbox Series X, the ability to have some of those benefits just streaming those games through the cloud. So I think that'll be cool for them. So you've been talking about how the implementation of this, in theory, actually in reality, requires some big, huge room somewhere with literally thousands of Xboxes in it. Right. And when you say this is a modified Xbox Series X, the modification for all intents and purposes is really that it's like rack mounted, 
right? Uh, probably, the, yeah. Like it the, doesn't. The have hardware the fancy isn't case. different <laughs> from a Series X. It's just that it's a it, it's something that's designed to work in a server environment. That's that's what I would imagine. It's still like the same motherboard, processor, RAM, storage, just in a different case. I have this scene in my head from a movie of like just panning out and seeing the rack with thousands and thousands and thousands of Xboxes. That would be really cool. It's glorious. Brings a tear to my eye. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Richard. Well, that is it for all of our gaming news. So before we dip into what's going on in our entertainment centers, I do want to remind everybody you know, we've had some some emails and, and other communications from listeners who have said, maybe you should do a Patreon or, or something like that. We're still not announcing anything like that. But if you want to show a little bit of appreciation for us, the one thing that we would ask you to do, the the thing that's probably the most beneficial is to share this podcast with a friend. Just help us reach more people, bring more people into this community. That That's what we re- really would appreciate right now. So, all right, Richard. What's been going on in your entertainment center for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, it's been a while. So a couple of things. On the hardware perspective, I decided that I was going to upgrade the last pair of speakers that I have built into this house that I never upgraded. And I think years ago, I shared with everybody that I moved into a house that was owned by its original builder. And they did everything like up to the hilt, including AV. And they had these amazing in like built in speakers in all the different ceilings, including my master bathroom, stereo speakers in my master bathroom, except they're 40 years old now. <laughs> so they kind of sound like crap. So. I finally bought some new speakers for those on Amazon, and they just arrived today. So I'll be installing those in the next couple of days and talking about those. Now, that's all part of my Sonos system because my house speakers I tied into Sonos. And that's basically how we share music around the house now. Right. So our listeners are going to want to know what kind of speakers you bought. Ah, that's really interesting. So I made a little bit of a change. I have been buying Yamaha speakers for all the rooms where I have installed ceiling speakers, including in my family room where the home theater is. For this, I decided to try something new and I bought the Amazon Basics Oh my gosh. speaker. Of course there's an Amazon Basics speaker. Of course there is. And it's my bathroom. I mean, (laughs) how bad can it be, right? Yeah. It's got to be better than the 40-year-old speakers that are there. Yeah. Uh, And you're talking about speakers in the echoeyest room in your house, right? Like, this is not a a finely tuned acoustic experience. (laughs) Right. Yeah. This is a bathroom that has, in my opinion, way too much marble. So (laughs) it is very echoey. So yeah, so that's that's it on the hardware front. As far as what I've been watching, man, I can't believe three weeks already. So the the season of New Amsterdam that I w- was watching has ended, and I watched the finale of that, 
That season was great. I don't know if that show is coming back or not. I really hope it is because I think it is really, really good. I love that show. I hope they keep it going. Last week tonight and real time are the regular kind of news commentary shows that I watch these days. Been keeping up with those. Mythic Quest had their season two finale. I think you might remember that when season two started, I was concerned that it was going to be that good. It's been good. It's been really good. I enjoyed it. It wasn't as good as season one, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm happy that uh, I kept up with that. We finished all of Kim's convenience. This is good news and bad news, Josh, because it means that Edward and I don't have a half hour comedy that we can just turn to when we need something to like fill a half hour before we go to bed. You've watched Shit's Creek already? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's, so, that's all I've got to recommend. Right. This was the follow. Yeah, this was the follow on to that. So I, I have to find something else for that. You're going to need to get a recommendation from our listeners. You're obviously not getting comedy recommendations from me. <laughs> obviously. Also finished the first season of Hacks. And again, this is another thing where I said when it started, it was kind of slow. and I didn't know how I was going to feel about it. By the end of the season, I was loving it. The second half of the season is much hotter burn than the first half, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope we get a second season. I loved, loved, loved the show. I binged all of Love, Victor, season two, which came out conveniently enough during Pride Month. And so that took me all of like two or three nights, I think. That's an easy watch. I think that was a half-hour show, actually. And then on Disney Plus, we started Loki. I am loving this. I don't know if you are going to have any interest in this whatsoever, Josh, but we are enjoying it. To get Edwards even enjoying this, this is a fun, fun show. And Loki is a fun character because he's just kind of unpredictable. Thoroughly recommend this. So I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, I, I will briefly talk about that for, for my segment now. I watched episode three. <laughs> I know. What? This is not really how you Why would to. you do this? <laughs> because <laughs> we visited some family uh, out of state, and we got there the day that episode three was, was airing, and they're super into it. And they told us ahead of time. They're like, listen, we're watching episode three the night that you get in, so you guys should watch episodes one and two before you come. And we didn't. We've... I don't know. I I forgot because I don't really care. And I, I don't know what Jen's excuse was. Uh, we didn't. And so we just said, fine, you know, whatever. Just play episode three. And <laughs> we'll put up with it. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Nah. Like, <laughs> j- j- okay. last night, Jen was saying, we, we need to get caught up on Loki. And I said, do we? Do we? <laughs> I- I don't know that we do, but but feel free to go and do that. All right. Well, uh, maybe she and I can, you know, do that buddy watch <laughs> right. thing that you've wanted to do for so long. Yeah, so great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, also I've mentioned that we've been catching up on Doctor Who. We're in season six or seven right now. I think it's seven. We're at the end of where Amy and Rory are the companions. We just watched the last episode of that, which is an amazing episode. And I would argue that they are the best companions of the Doctor that have 
ever been on the new Doctor Who. Go ahead, at me. I don't care. I thought they were amazing. So we're now moving on to the next part of that, which is Doctor Who with the Impossible Girl. I've also been catching up on Doctor, sorry, on Hawaii, <laughs> Doctor? On Hawaii Five-O. Hawaii Five-O, which ended a year and some ago. Yeah, there were a lot of episodes that I haven't watched yet. So I'm catching up on season nine. I'm halfway through that right now. And I thoroughly enjoy it. I always enjoy that show. It's just not something that I had to watch on time. I finished season one of Deadwood. I'm looking forward to season two, but Deadwood is a hard watch. It's violent. It is a lot of debauchery, for lack of a better term, for the age. And there's just a lot going on, and you have to pay attention. And this is the kind of thing that I end up watching at like 11 o'clock at night. And I've had to watch a couple episodes a couple times. Right. Because I wasn't paying attention enough, and I didn't remember. Haven't you seen this before? No. I started watching this literally two years ago. Yeah, because this is like 10 years old, isn't it? Some, not, eh, maybe. It's it's old. It's old. Okay. And I never kept up with it. So I'm, yeah, I, I like it. I do like it, but it's a hard watch. It's a, you really have to pay attention. It's a great cast. It's an amazing cast. I'm not ready to start season two yet. Because Big Brother's starting, and I'd much rather watch Big Brother, sadly. All right. Uh, anyway. Real quick, because people will get angry. Deadwood started in 2004. Okay, whatever. It's almost 20 years old. 17, 20, whatever. I'm a little behind. We watched some movies this weekend. We watched The Tomorrow War on Amazon. Highly, highly, highly recommend. Fun, great monster action film, suspend your disbelief, have a good time. It was a lot of fun. I laughed as much as I was on the edge of my seat. It was great. Sounds like a good movie for me. I think you will like it. Okay. I think you will like it. And here's something, this is not really a spoiler, but here's something that I think is really great about this movie. They don't show you the monsters for like 40 minutes into the film and you're terrified of these things and you have no idea what they look like. But when they introduce them, oh my God, like it is all on. It's not like the old days of, if you remember the movie, the relic where part of the suspense was you didn't know what this thing looked like. You didn't know what this, this thing that was chasing you and threatening you was because you only saw the same things that the lights that the actors held showed you. This is not that at all. This is one of these things where just for whatever plot reason, they decided not to show you the monster for the first two thirds of the or one third of the film. And then once they do, they are all in. It is all about the monster. And it's friggin' awesome. Cool. And it's yeah. free on Amazon Prime. And it's free on Amazon Prime. Absolutely. So, highly recommend. Also, rewatch the movie A Monster Calls. I don't remember what that was in terms of what studio created it. It is 
a live action film with this CG character. Uh, it's really heavy. It's really, really heavy. But it's a great movie. It's a great story. And we enjoyed watching it again. And then finally, we finally watched Godzilla vs. Kong. I don't know if everybody remembers the whole thing about this, but it came out on HBO and we were supposed to watch it when it came out and we didn't. And then I went away and I came back from the Outer Banks. And when I was back, then suddenly it wasn't on God, on uh, HBO anymore. And so I just went and bought it when it came out. And I'm glad I did because it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Now I have to go back and watch Kong Skull Island. Not really a spoiler, but that is the history there. So, yeah, go into it knowing that. And then finally, I tried to watch In the Heights because, man, I loved, loved, loved Hamilton. And I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't get into In the Heights at all. I just, I couldn't relate. I didn't enjoy it. The first opening scene seemed like I was watching an opening scene from Hamilton. And it just didn't feel original or engaging to me. I don't know anything about it. This is his next big thing, which is in theaters and on HBO now. Oh, okay. Interesting. Not HBO now. But it is now on HBO. <laughs> HBO now doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that was me. So, Josh, it's been three weeks since we've talked, two weeks since you've talked about what you've been watching, what you've been doing. Okay. So I'll do mine out of order here because you did uh, hardware stuff first. So I'll do hardware stuff first. Also, I found my TiVo stream 4K finally. So I hooked up the. Old, old 720p Samsung Plasma TV in the basement with the TiVo Stream 4K. The kids are happy to have a TV in the basement now that they can watch. And worth mentioning, it's much better than it was when we first started using it. Well, <laughs> do you remember that when we first started using it, uh, it had that bug where sometimes... You would turn it on and you try to go to the home screen and it would be a black screen. Oh, yeah. And then you had to press and hold home to get to the app screen at which no mere mortal would know. Yeah, it did that like the oh, second day. Are you kidding me? No. So I don't know if it just needed to do another software update or something because it also acted like I had never set it up before. It was weird. I don't know what's going on there. So we'll see. I mean, I haven't. The kids haven't complained about it since then, so maybe it's fine now. I don't know. But so it, it is nice to have that set up, though. I also got the Google TV update on my NVIDIA Shield, and it is a, a nicer UI. I, I don't think I watch enough to really get all of the benefits of its recommendation engine and all of that sort of stuff yet, but it is a a nice refresh of the UI. It it didn't fix my problem with Hulu. Like Hulu still just doesn't work on that thing. I think I just need to completely factory reset my NVIDIA shield and, and start over. That's so weird. Yeah, there's really no reason that Hulu shouldn't work on it, but it just doesn't. So uh, that's, well, I was going to say that's it for the 
for the hardware, but I also finally got to spend some time working in my office over the weekend and I went back to using the big speakers. Um, I, I had said previously that they were too big and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, I wanted to get my other Xbox hooked up in here and trying to get all of my monitors set up and all of that stuff. And I was like, well, I need speakers and these are awesome and they're free. Uh, I already own them. And, you know, trying to figure out like if I get some smaller ish speakers, how am I going to place them on my desk? Like I really struggle with those types of things. So instead I've just got speakers that are taller than my desk flanking my desk. So, okay. So I I was going to, these are your floor speakers that you previously had in your living room. Correct. Awesome. Correct. Yeah. That's wow. And meanwhile, I'm still listening to audio out of the speaker on my computer because I haven't bothered to install my computer speakers yet. Well, you've got like a Sonos or something in there, right? In your office? I do, but not connected to my computer. I mean, for music and stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But if you're watching YouTube or something like that, it's coming out of your crappy computer. I mean, I usually just cast that to the TV or something. Oh, right. You've also got that beautiful, not 720p TV above above your computer. (laughs) Not Vizio 720p, $129 TV. Someone recommended you put a better TV in there. (laughs) It is. So that's it for the hardware stuff. On the gaming side, um, still probably more NHL than anything else. A little bit of Mario Kart with the family over the weekend and some Call of Duty over the weekend. Man, I used to be good at that game. And when I say used to be, I don't mean like when I was 20. I mean like six months ago. And now I'm just garbage. Like I don't even really have much fun playing it anymore. I've been so bad. I don't know. Uh, So that's pretty much it for the gaming side. Uh, in terms of watching things, Stanley Cup playoffs are going on, obviously. I thought watching you that. didn't care. Well, I don't care that much, but if I'm not doing anything else, I'm going to turn it on. And I do like to watch when the Stanley Cup gets awarded. So All right. I watched a game for which Tampa Bay could have won and swept and, and won the Cup last night. So I'll watch the rest of the games, or at least the last part of the games for the rest of the, the playoffs. Um, and then Jen's been watching a lot of Shit's Creek, so I've seen a whole bunch of episodes of that. It's fine. Come on. I, Admit it. It's fun. It's not fine. It's fun. Th- there are some fun parts. Um, uh, we, were, we were talking about it while we were driving somewhere the other day, and I said, so the, so the actress who plays Moira, the mom, I, I know that she's the, the mom from Home Alone and the mom from right. Beetlejuice, but- is it just her makeup or does she really look that horrifying now? <laughs> because like, I don't even really like watching the scenes that she's in because <laughs> yikes, that, that's honestly the hardest part of that show for me. The rest is fine. I mean, they, they, they go out of their way to make her look awful, yes. to make her look overly made up and overly aged. Yes. She looks without work. Yeah. She looks like she's got one foot in the grave. Yeah. So I already mentioned Loki and we did sit down. I don't remember what night it was as a family to watch Luca, the new movie on Disney plus 
we didn't end up finishing it. Oh. Um, But I think only because the kids just weren't like absolutely loving it. And for Gia, my eight-year-old, she regularly, especially with animated movies, doesn't watch them all the way through the first time. She gets kind of bored and and walks away. But even my 13-year-old, who generally loves like all of these Disney movies and stuff, it really wasn't holding her attention either. Hmm. The we liked it. It was, it was cute. You know, I liked the Italian stuff going on there, you know, the, the accents and the music and the language. And, um, it, it was, it was fun, but it, it certainly wasn't like some runaway hit in my opinion. Have, have you seen it? I have not seen it yet. I want to watch it, but, um, maybe reason it was free and Raya you had to actually pay for yeah and that one we still haven't watched is that one well, free now it's not free yet oh that's why i haven't watched okay it. then at this point we'll just wait for it to be free yeah uh and then you weren't here last time to hear me talk about ted lasso um i heard you talk about but, ted lasso but nothing has changed we've still only watched the first two episodes and when what i know i know like i said it's been a crazy uh. couple of weeks and it's a blasphemy. I mean, I worked late almost every night last week, so there wasn't a lot of room for Ted Lasso. But when Jen was like, you know, we got to watch Loki and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I said, mm, how about Ted Lasso instead? So hopefully we're going to get back to that soon because she did like Ted Lasso a lot. Yeah. So you watched episodes one and two. I heard yes. that you liked them. You thought they were good. Yep. Three and four will catch you. At the end of four, you you will be hooked. I guarantee you. I, I mean, I'm already ready to watch the rest of it. I I enjoyed a lot. I was surprised with all of the language in that show. I oh yeah, I forgot for about whatever that. reason. Yeah. I thought that it was a family friendly show. Unfortunately, doesn't matter that it's on Apple. It does not matter. Yeah, see, I thought it did, and unfortunately, I didn't try to watch it with the kids because holy crap! But yeah, yeah. Also, by the way, the other show that I've mentioned that you should watch on Apple is The Morning Show. Do not watch that with your kids. Okay. Okay. Absolutely do not. That is serious adult-themed television. Mm. It is, yeah, don't. Okay. Good to know. And if it's, and and when you say serious adult-themed, you also mean it's just serious? Like there's a lot of serious stuff going on? It is serious. It's drama. and. It is about a, adult issues that kids should not be exposed okay. to. Okay. That's probably one that Jen wouldn't want to watch then. She doesn't like getting Maybe. Too, uh, too stressed out by things. <laughs> so, Maybe. Yeah. Okay. That's a long list for me, but I think that's it. That is a long list. Yeah. That's a very long list. Yeah. So that is it for me. Yeah, except I just want to like interview here for a minute. I just want to say to our listeners who have been in touch with us over the last week or so that you may have noticed we had a thing with our website. What? No, nothing. Nothing was wrong. Where it wasn't <laughs> there for a couple days? What? A couple days? Week? Week and a half? Yeah. It, and like... You've heard us talk about how our lives are insane, and then this thing happened, and we didn't have time to deal with it. So it's back. It's all good. 
Thank you for letting us know. We totally appreciate it. And we are going to be taking some steps this month to try to make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah. Like not. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, so if you want to get a hold of us, we're on Twitter at Richard Gunther, at Josh Pollard, at DigiMediaZone, and of course, email and all of that other stuff. Go over to the digitalmediazone.com for the show notes for this episode and all of the, the contact information. Uh, also, come back uh, typically Tuesday nights around 8.30 p.m. Eastern, because that's if we're going to do the show live, that's when we typically do it. Follow us on Twitter, though, to know for sure when we're going to be recording live because it's a lot more fun. I mean, it's always fun to record the show, but it's even more fun to record it with a bunch of you in the the chat to join us. So that is going to do it for episode 559. He's Richard Gunther and I'm Josh Pollard. Thanks for listening to Entertainment 2.0. Adios. Bye.